Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Bible Thumper podcast, where somebody's got to say it. My name is Patrick Hayes, your regular host, and with me today is Zachariah King, and we are going to talk about the resurrection again. I titled this episode Resurrection Stuff Part 2, because Zach and I got into the resurrection, but we talked a lot mostly about the rapture and the resurrection of the Christian in the end times. Which... If I remember correctly, it took us a long time. Yeah, there was there was a ton to talk about. <laughs> to we get went, through, yeah. yeah, we went long. I, I don't think I posted that one yet. Oh, dude, mm-hmm. that'll be a, that'll be a real dandy. Well, and after this, I'll get it up. So on the podcast, what I realized is it's some technical stuff. Sure. So sure, when sure. someone's in the studio and we record it through the board rather than pulling it off the internet, it takes a lot longer because it's a higher quality. But people that listen to the podcast will also notice when someone's in the studio because it will be clear, it will be crisp, it will not cut out. It's like a really good, you know, audio file. Okay, so, Zach, we talked last time we got together, I don't want to say last week, mm-hmm. <coughs> excuse me, and we talked about the resurrection, but we mostly talked about, as I said before, Christians and the second coming and how the dead in Christ will rise and then... We went over that stuff. So what did you want to get into this week? So uh, this is one of my favorite topics. Okay. Just sort of overall. And and I know why. Mm-hmm. Um, it's because it's so bizarre. Yeah, yeah. It's more of the mystical, more of the supernatural. It's the other side of the looking glass. Yes. Yeah. And the entire worldview that mm-hmm. we hold. Mm-hmm. The foundation on which I build my entire life mm-hmm. is through the understanding that a very special and unique man was dead mm-hmm. and then rose from the dead. And not and only is still alive and has been since. Yeah. And not only did he raise from the dead, because we've seen that before, uh, but he was able to raise himself from the dead. Yes. Whereas he was responsible for raising other people from the dead and bravo. Okay. Good job for that. Absolutely. But this was neat because, you know, he did it himself. He did it himself, which from the dead. (laughs) Yeah, you got it. And Mm -hmm. he seems to have, even though Jesus obviously had some capacities and and capabilities beforehand, Mm -hmm. um, when other people have been raised from the dead, mm-hmm. they're still 100% human people the way that we are right now. Okay. Jesus seems to not be. And Paul teaches. Uh-huh. He, he is human. Sure. But he, Paul, see, Paul also teaches, and, and I think the stories about Jesus' resurrection mm-hmm. also teach us that, he, that the resurrection is fundamentally a different kind of human being. Oh, like okay, a sure. resurrected human yeah. is different than someone who was dead and now isn't. Okay, so, and that's that's a good point because a lot of folks, I just, I think I talked to you about this earlier today. I had an experience just yesterday with some folks that go to my church. Yes. And they had some questions about this and, and one of their big questions and kind of a hang up from a lot of folks is the idea, and and let me jump into the Bible, if I may. Okay, so when we go to 1 Corinthians uh, 
15. 15. Yes, sir, we do. And I'm going to look at just, I'm going to skip over a bunch of this stuff and just go right to the point that is an issue. It says, now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Yes. So right out of the gate, we're like, okay, so we as flesh and blood are not going to be in heaven, at least in this physical form that I abide in right now. Correct? Yes. Agreed. And then one of the issues that was brought up from somebody is that as we read through this, we find out, and and I don't know if this is going to be a point of... um, uh, I don't know if there's going to be a different viewpoint between the two of us on this, but the way the Bible reads, everybody gets that new body, that hardware upgrade at the same time. Yes. Yes. It's not as if, you know, Abraham Lincoln died a long time ago. He got his new body and then, you know, your great, great, great grandfather died and he got his new body. And And they're kind of waiting for us to all catch up. Yeah, yeah. And then your great, great, great grandson will get his one day as a believer who dies. And that was the issue is that the Bible explains it in several different places that everybody gets this hardware upgrade at the same time. Yes. Agreed. And, And that was a point of a little bit of confusion for some folks, which I understand. Right. How could it not be? Because yeah. like you said, Abraham, well, what about, what about Paul? Sure. Who's Surely. writing this chapter yeah. and you're like, well, it's not hard to look at the clock and yeah. be like, it's been 1950 years Yeah, since this. So what happens during that time? Sure. And, and, like, and well, I don't want to start there. Sticky. Yeah, I don't want to start there. No, no, me neither. Me but neither. the point you were making was simply what I read in 1 Corinthians 50, which is flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, which means when I go through the resurrection, I am going to come out different than when I went in. And if I can just go back a few verses. Yes. <clears throat> Starting in verse 42, uh, so also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption, raised in incorruption, sown in dishonor, raised in glory, sown in weakness, raised in power, sown a natural body, raised a spiritual body. Yes. And then it says there is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. So Paul very clearly tells us there's two different bodies. And just to, you know, kind of um put a point on this thing it says you die corrupt in dishonor in weakness and in a natural body and you are raised incorrupt in glory in power and in a spiritual body obviously very different and i love it when paul repeats himself four times to drive <laughs> yes, home the point because yes. he does it in other places yes he does okay. yes he does oh my soul you're speaking my language <laughs> here right now patrick this is this is my favorite chapter of the bible okay this wow la- last time um last time you were gone and i preached for your church mm-hmm. I-, I preached first corinthians 15 no kidding i should have listened to that <laughs> <laughs> but i don't even know where did they record it was the camera running did they give um, you a microphone to talk into i don't think so were we I even mean, doing it at that time it was just at the house I mean, yeah but here. i mean we, I'm sure. I mean, you've been recording for a long time. I don't remember, I don't remember it being how recorded long that or was. not. Okay. But, but anyway, way. this is the, this is this is my world, man. Mm-hmm. You're you're speaking my language, and we are one. We are lockstep mm-hmm. so far on this. Okay. Um, I I think this, uh, it's bizarre, it's mm-hmm. weird, 
but it's also really clear what he's saying. And I'm going to actually start. I'm, I'm going to back up even just a little bit further. Yeah. Starting in. So this is First Corinthians 15, starting in verse 35. Someone will ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body do they come? You foolish person. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. And what you sow in the body that is to be is a bare kernel, perhaps of wheat or some other grain. But God gives it a body as he has chosen and at each kind of seed its own body. For not all flesh is the same, but there is one kind for humans and another for animals, another for birds, another for fish. There are heavenly bodies and there are earthly bodies. But the glory of the heavenly is of one kind, and the glory of the earthly is of another. There is one glory for the sun, and another glory for the moon, and another glory for the stars, for stars differ from star, stars in glory. So what he's saying is, if you, if you consider your mortal, natural, corruptible, perishable body mm-hmm. to be like a seed, mm-hmm. When it dies, you you plant a seed, the plant grows. Mm-hmm. Does it come from the same place? Yes. I mean, is it the same thing? No. Mm-hmm. Like, you could eat a sunflower seed, yeah. and you could eat a sunflower. Sure. But and they're obviously made out of different stuff. Yeah, you're going to notice a difference. You're going to notice a difference. So the resurrection body then does exactly the same thing. You're a hunter. I mean, hunters get this figured out real fast. There's, or people who like say eat meat. Yeah. Um, a chicken mm-hmm. is made out of like you know chicken stuff. Beef. <laughs> a cow is made out of beef. Mm-hmm. You eat a shrimp. Mm-hmm. That's different. Mm-hmm. You eat pork. That's different. You like all the way down the list. Mm-hmm. And so what we find out is that even in the natural world, it's not that hard at all for us to realize that there, there are like a, a, a chicken lives and breathes and moves, mm-hmm. but it's not made out of the same stuff that I am. Mm-hmm. And I think that part of Paul's point here is to say that at the resurrection, when we are, I, I think our soul uh, that leaves when our body dies, mm-hmm. that they're separated, mm-hmm. that the resurrection, they are reunited, but the physical part of me yeah. is changed and becomes different. And it's it's almost like transforming mm-hmm. from like stuff that a chicken's made out of to stuff that a cow is made out of, right? <laughs> no. But but it's but it's different because No, it's a great metaphor, Zach. Clear yeah, as, don't, don't clear as mud. And... Yeah, oh yeah, no, it's perfect. Um can I can I try to um explain this in a different way? Of course. All right. <laughs> so one thing that's important to know is that your body it's the same body that is changed. Yes. Which is different than the old one's gone and you're getting a new one. And I'm not going to pretend to know why that is. Maybe we can figure it out one day, but I'm not totally sure. Neither do I. But it's almost like a um, a hardware upgrade with a computer. 
in your computer, you have all the files. You got the pictures and you got the videos and you got the Word documents and you got all these different things. But your computer is just old and it's breaking down and it's prone to, you know. Being slow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And then what you do is you get this brand new computer, they take the hard drive out, they put it into the new computer, all your stuff is still there, but wow, this is fast. It has features that the old one didn't have. It has capabilities that the old one didn't have. I mean, it is an upgrade in every sense of the word. And it's really, it's remarkable, it's helpful. Um, I mean, it's just, it's amazing. And it is amazing to a point where the upgrade contains features that you could not have even imagined from your old computer Correct. like wow they Correct. invented that i didn't even know that was possible but the files are all there yeah yeah and the, yeah it, it's still so it's, so G jesus is the only example we have of this uh -huh. i mean there's there's other times where people have been pronounced dead or were dead and, and then came back to life jesus is the only example we have of this mm-hmm the body that went into the tomb mm -hmm. came back out. Yeah. And Paul teaches and Jesus teaches both mm -hmm. that that is the Christian hope. Mm -hmm. The expect My expectation is that that same thing is going to happen to my body. Unless yeah. it's changed in the twinkling of an eye because Jesus shows up first. Yeah. And even then, it says you're still going to be changed. It's just not going to happen upon death it, and it, i'm not even completely sold it, it wouldn't shock me at all if that change killed the natural it was just sure it was so fast yeah yeah it's immediate yep but the the transformation and then he says this amazing thing too and uh, you, you read verse 50 if we go if we pick up there again mm -hmm. i tell you this brothers flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of god nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed mm -hmm. in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. The trumpet will sound. The dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable, mm -hmm. and this mortal body must put on immortality. Okay. You're, you're focusing on the... Put put on, sure. Because, because what we the like the the traditional concept is well, the real me is my soul that sort of trapped it's this thing inside. It, yeah, yeah, it's trapped inside this of body this of flesh. That's yeah. And if the and the flesh is is um, evil and yeah. wrong, and sure. if I could get rid of it, yeah, I would be released. To, and so you have Tom and Jerry, and Tom is trying to catch Jerry, mm -hmm. and the anvil falls on his head, or whatever yeah. it is that time. And he, you know, the cat's laying there dead, yeah. but his his soul floats out mm -hmm. with wings and goes up to play a harp on a cloud. Yep. But that's a that's not the picture that the Bible gives us. Wait, that's not in the Bible. I know, bizarre, right? Okay, I'll give you some rope here. Go ahead, keep well, going. No, no, the soul leaves for sure. <laughs> Was, yeah, here you go. I was joking See, about I the, gotta, I already the cat on the cloud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the, the cloud and the harp you. and the wings. Yeah. Um, but what, what Paul teaches here, and in a couple of other places as well, is that there's, a, there's an addition to what we currently are mm -hmm. that, that places us into an eternal state. We already are eternal. Mm -hmm. um, the soul is already eternal. The, the body... 
though mortal and natural, it needs to be changed. But like the hardware, the, the files are already eternal. Mm-hmm. We have stepped into eternal life. It has been given to us. Can I, can I challenge one thing you said? Yes, sure. You said Jesus is the only example of, that we have of this. Of resurrection? Can I? For, well, hmm, I wasn't sticking with resurrection. So there's definitely people who have been dead and come back. Nope. About the idea of the upgrade. Okay. I want to show you or just throw this out there. Tell me where you're going because I might, I might. Well, agree where with I'm this. going is Genesis chapter six. Yes. But yes. I am going to read from Jude chapter one. And it's referencing Genesis chapter 6, but it's not an upgrade. It's the exact opposite. I agree. Okay, so so let me... Definitely do this, but I'm going to start by saying whatever they took off, I think is what we put on. You got it. Okay, so to give folks the little bit of background here so they understand uh, what's going on, Zach and I are discussing Genesis chapter 6, and we are talking about the angel theory. Now, one day we can just have a conversation about this. But the idea you find in uh, Genesis, or I'm sorry, not in Genesis, you find in Revelation that the devil uh, recruited one third of the angels in heaven. There was a war, and the devil and his angels fought against um, God and his angels. You have uh, Michael and Gabriel archangels with one third each that they commanded the devil lost the war and the devil and his angels were cast out of heaven and down to earth and lucifer the fallen angel becomes satan and the one third of the angels are no longer allowed in heaven anymore and they gotta go somewhere and do something yeah so yeah they're just they're just playing cards until the end, right? They're not creating any mischief. So anyway, they all end up on earth. Now understand, even though we're reading this in Revelation, you have to understand that it's telling of a story that is a, it's a serious flashback because this happened prior uh, to Genesis chapter three, but bef- but after day number seven. So there was a time period in there and just, I'm going to throw this out there, but you can all do your own homework and look this up on your own. The fall of man took place somewhere between day number eight and year 110. It could have been anywhere in there, but that's the outside limit. And that's the shortest amount of time they could have spent in the garden was somewhere between there. Sometime in there, the devil recruited these angels that were under his charge to fight against God and try to overthrow him. There's a war in heaven. They were cast down to earth. And then after that, the devil comes and tempts man. Well, he tempts woman and then man is involved and they all sin and they eat of the fruit of the tree and man falls and it starts the whole thing. I, yeah, I'm with you. Okay. I just, I was giggling cause I saw a meme today. Oh it yeah. Just, so you know why women are scared to choose where to eat no. for dinner. I mean, I, Cause, I'm cause, guessing cause, where you're going. Yeah, because the last time they did, it ruined all of human history. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but <Okay>. anyway. <clears throat> I'm going to have you read that while I'm telling the next part of the story. So, <clears throat> so what happened is during Genesis chapter 6, 
the fallen angels, not all of them, but some of them, the Bible says they left their first estate. So they took off something that made it possible for them to have physical relations with human women and produce uh, hybrid offspring, which we call the Nephilim. Yeah. Bad, and, bad deal. Yeah. And if you have no knowledge of what we're talking about, that's fine. You can get on my Facebook uh, page or YouTube channel and search for my videos on uh, UFOs in the Bible. And it'll explain all of this. Goes over all the Bible verses, and we'll we'll have a. It, it's a good topic for you and I to get into. Yeah, do, the, fun do the angel theory someday. But understand, these angels took something off on purpose in order to be able to be more human and be able to have physical relations with human women to produce these offspring. It explains this. In Jude chapter one verse six, I keep saying chapter one like there's a chapter two, but you understand. Sure, sure, you sure. Yeah, I'm with you. And it says, "And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day." So this is talking about a voluntary action that these fallen angels did in order to be able to be more human and be able to uh, procreate with human women. So in the same way, we don't know exactly what they took off, but what we know is that during the resurrection for the saved, the born-again Christian, we're putting something on, and it gives us the ability to, number one, stand in the presence of God, which no one is allowed to do prior. Paul said flesh and blood can't do it. Number two, we are going to have the abilities that uh, other supernatural or celestial beings can do. Angels can do things that we cannot. They can appear and disappear. They can uh, travel uh, great distances at great speeds. One angel can slay 185,000 Assyrian soldiers like like we read about in the book of 2 Kings. I think it was chapter 14. No, chapter 19. Uh, So the angels have abilities that we do not and when we uh die or when we get raptured we put something on and we get that hardware upgrade and all of a sudden we are going to be able to do things that we were never able to do before and and although i think we can get to that understanding with first corinthians 15 Mm -hmm. second corinthians 5 Uh is actually the one that really locked that in for me sure so if you start in verse one Mm -hmm. He says, for we know that if the tent that our earthly home, that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this tent, we groan longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. If indeed by putting it on, we may not be found naked. I, I think Paul has the Genesis 6 story in mind. Yeah. When he's like, he's, he's saying that when we put it on, we're no longer naked. Yeah. When they took it off. Yeah. They were there. They were naked in the the book of Genesis. It talks about that, how Adam and Eve. Okay. So folks, and let me also explain this and Zach, tell me if you have take issue with this. Adam and Eve prior to eating the fruit and sinning were in the state we are talking about. 
I believe so. I don't yes. think they were human in the way you and I are. I think they were human in the way that they had the upgrade and they lost it. And that's why, just like Paul said here, okay, you're naked. Yes. That's what happened to Adam and Eve. I, and they're like, oh, wait a minute. We're totally different now. I completely agree. Yeah. And so like, I think that resurrection for everyone, mm-hmm. uh, p- particularly those who follow Jesus Christ and are saved in his forever. Mm-hmm. Is be the reason it is so central and foundational is exactly because of that. If we, if if a disembodied soul in heaven mm-hmm. is the eternal destiny of all of us that are saved, I think we have to concede that God's original plan failed. Sure, because His original plan was to have people live in His presence, mm-hmm. walk with Him in the cool of the day. Incorrupted, imperishable, so on and so forth, like we've read before. So I agree with you. I I, I agree with you there. I think one of the reasons that you like um, the serpent is talking to Eve from the tree. Mm-hmm. She, oh, a talking snake! Mm-hmm. She didn't scream. Yep. I, she you want to know stuff why? Stuff like that all the time. Yeah, in that previous body. I don't think they had problems communicating with the animals. Well, I think it's even a step maybe beyond that. Mm -hmm. I think they didn't have any problem communicating with God or the angels. Oh, absolutely. Face to face, like personal. Absolutely. Because, and the Bible, let me, let me turn there. Go ahead. You keep going. Well, it's it's heaven and earth, Mm -hmm. right? I think Eden was a place where the, the, the division between heaven and earth that we currently experience did not exist. So when you go to the end of the Bible, then you yeah. have the new heaven and the new earth coming together. Mm-hmm. You have the tree of life. You yep. have the river of running water. Yeah, he's the the end of God's story mm-hmm. is to make everything the way that it was designed to be in the first place. Absolutely, Garden of Eden conditions was the way God wanted it, and and here in Genesis chapter three verse eight, this is after Adam and Eve ate of the fruit and they were in a fallen state. We read, and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees of the garden. It seems the way we read the Bible, that this was God's custom in the evening. He would go to the garden and he would spend time with Adam and Eve. We find, now, Zach, uh, we're getting into the weeds here, but to give a little bit more support to that, we find that prior to Adam getting married to Eve, God gives him the law and a job. Yes. God says, this is your job to tend to the garden, and you are to obey me we're going to start with one command, don't eat of that tree. Uh-huh. So he had the whole law of God at that time. Yes. But then we find out that God expanded on that law and explained things to Adam. And we know that because Noah used terms that should not have been used at that time, like there's no clean and unclean, yeah, like no Hebrew. Yeah, these things. So we know that God taught Adam. We know that God spent time with Adam. The, the, the Bible talks about that, and he could do that. Remember, when Moses went up on the mountain, he couldn't be near God. As a matter of fact, 
uh, God said, you're going to die if you see me. So we're going to hide you back here in this crack and this rock. Uh-huh. And you're not going to. And when I pass by, you can just kind of like peek around and see the hem of my garment it just the edge of the yeah. piece of the garment dragging on the ground behind me and that's it and what happened when he went down from the mountain everyone saw him coming because his face was shining like the sun and what i explained to people is adam and eve they only needed clothing after their fallen state because i believe prior to that they were clothed with light yes they yes. were in a state just like um, where we read about how God was the light in the original creation. That's that what that's not a weird or unusual thing in that state. Anyway, we're in the weeds, but uh, a little bit, but really not that far, <laughs> actually. But, but uh, I just Genesis one, two, uh-huh. and three, Revelation twenty one, twenty two. Uh, he's reversing all of the when you read Je- uh, Revelation twenty one and twenty two, and there is no more tears. Yep. There's no more shame, pain, sorrow, sickness, death. All of the stuff that happens because of Genesis three is reversed. Is yeah. taken care of. The tree of life shows back up again. Yep. We're given access to it. Yep. Well, of course, because we don't have access to it right now. Nope. There's a serious cherub in the way. Yes. With a weapon, I could only imagine how much XP he needed to earn to be able to purchase that <laughs> yeah, weapon. Yeah. Right. So, but then when you go to Genesis two. And like you said, you read the conditions of life mm-hmm. that were happening before sin. Mm-hmm. He had work yep. to do. He was farming. Yeah. It, it, this is God's a, country. Well, oh, yeah. <laughs> but but this, this is not sitting on a cloud playing harp for all no. of eternity. Yeah. Uh, the, one that, the one that still boggles my mind every time I read it. A suitable uh, a helper mm-hmm. that's suitable for him is not found. Yeah. And so, so, okay, I'll bring all the animals. Yep. Right? I want you to name them. Yeah. Whatever Adam mm-hmm. named the animals, yep. that is what they were called. Mm-hmm. It's before sin, mm-hmm. before death, yep. before Eve. Yeah. God's plan is to rule the planet with us. Yeah. He gives Adam authority, and then the decision that Adam makes, mm-hmm. God lives with before anything's wrong at all. Mm-hmm. If Adam says that's a toad, then God yep, is going to call it. He's like, okay, all right. it's a toad. There we go. The plan is for him to rule with us. Yeah. He is obviously above everything. And God very clearly tells him, you have dominion over these things. Go out. Yeah. Right. So again, before there's sin and death, he mm-hmm. says, here's the plan. Go forth, multiply, mm-hmm. expand over the earth. Yep. Subdue, Subdue it. Subdue it. You're in charge. You're going to tame the weeds. You're going to, you know. I think the original plan was to take the entire planet mm-hmm. and like expand Band that garden. Eden. Yeah. Yes. Over the whole thing. Yep. So you. And now this is a little bit further out in the weeds. That's fine. Tower of Babel. Uh-huh. Let's build a city. Mm-hmm. Let's build a tower. We'll go up and take care of this God problem so that we don't have to be spread everywhere. Mm-hmm. 
everything they're doing is exactly the opposite. Yeah, God said to Noah, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Yep. And they gathered into this one area and and decided, yeah, (laughs) yeah, we're we're going to build a tower upwards and try to battle him. He's like, no, 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 no. You're turning the whole thing into a garden. So then when you fast forward to the end, but to get back to the point, the reason I think a physical bodily resurrection is so fundamental to our understanding is because the subduing of the earth is not done in what we would, the way that we have understood, at least traditionally, maybe a, um, a disembodied existence, a spiritual existence. Yeah. So the problem is in first Corinthians 15, where he says there's a natural body and there's a spiritual body. Mm-hmm. You go, well, Zach, obviously, the spiritual body means that you you have no physicality. Sure. Like You're like a ghost. And I go, no, I don't think that's the case mm-hmm. at all. I think that Jesus is currently in his spiritual, the, like, the, the spiritual body rather than the physical one. Yeah. He's changed. Yep. But he is just as alive now. And he's just as human. Yes. Absolutely. Because we see the wounds in his hand, that we see the wound in his side. We noticed all of the physical uh, conditions and problems that he had because of the uh, torture prior to his execution on the cross. You know, so. They fed him fish. Yeah. Yeah. He He ate it. Yep. So. but yeah. so in, in order to subdue the, I I don't know what subduing the land looks like. I'm not sure what the work is going to look like. Yeah. But we will. I guess that the main point I'm driving at is that life for all of eternity, mm-hmm. after the judgment seats, after he is reigned on earth, mm-hmm. um, after the. After Satan and all of his henchmen have been thrown into the lake of fire and new heaven and new earth, Mm -hmm. the eternal state from that point on is going to look much, much more like life right now, Mm -hmm. I think, than some sort of disembodied, like ethereal wisps, yeah. you know, like floating back and forth yeah. in a really white room. Sure. I, I think you can go sit down and mm-hmm. give have a guy a, conversation. a handshake yep. and have a cup of coffee. Yeah. I think, um, you know, God is going to be present and there's going to be a lot of uh, interaction there. Okay. It's going to be very different. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's going to be a lot of differences, but we do read about see and and here's the here's the issue so folks let me just let me just say this there are several topics in the bible that don't have a nice neat chapter associated with them where it explains everything so you have to piece it together from lots of different places in the bible jesus went how about this um, you wanted to bring up John and talk about Jesus post-resurrection? Yes. Why don't you go there, and I'm going to go and talk about uh, Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 and talk a little bit about that and talk about uh, Jesus in his... Um, or, I'm sorry, it wasn't Pentecost. Um, it was also in the book of John. So we get some clues... And the best you can do with these topics, especially the ones that have maybe 
less information on them than other topics, okay? Because let's face it, the Bible is mostly full of practical in this life material simply because that's where we are. So that's yeah, what, what is would the be most the use helpful. Of all the rest of yeah. it, sure. Okay, but we can also learn a lot about what our bodies are going to be like, what heaven's going to be like after uh, the resurrection and after everything. Go ahead and jump in there to John, and I'm going to meet you there in a minute. Yeah, and so this goes back to some of the hermeneutical discussion that we had the other time as well. Because these are clues, we can't extrapolate too far. And I think that's what 1 Corinthians 15 gives us a little bit of, right? Is to say, look, I don't know. Mm -hmm. the most basic questions. Well, what is a resurrection body like? What's it made out of? Well, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But here's what I do know, right? So John chapter 1, or John chapter 20. Um, <coughs> so the it's discovered Mary uh, Magdalene is at the tomb. She goes in. There's nobody in the tomb, right? Mm-hmm. The body is gone. Yeah. She goes and gets the guys. They run back. Sure enough, the body's gone. Now, when they ran back, who were the two that were running back? I think it was Peter and John. And who won the race? Who got there first? Well, d- doesn't uh, John make a pretty big deal out of the fact that he was faster? He than- says that the yeah. He says that John made it back there first. Yeah. And who was writing the book? John. John. <laughs> If that's not funny, I mean, they were a set of guys, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, like th- <laughs> that detail did like, not need to be in the Bible. But it's a perfect place to just take a little jab. <laughs> and so, um, verse six: Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb, and he saw the linen clothes lying there, and the face cloth which had been on Jesus's head, not lying with the linen clothes, but folded up in place by itself. And so I've heard the joke before that, like, even the resurrected Jesus, um, the first thing he does is make his bed. Sure. You know, but he he was not clothed. Yeah. Everything that was on, he took off, mm-hmm. folded it up. It was laying there in the tomb. Mm-hmm. But he, I, I think I know, I'm going to keep on banging this drum because yeah. I just... I think it's super important to, to get our heads around. Look, when we go to a cemetery and we think about people in the in the coffins, or you, you do cremation, or like, because I get that question a lot. Oh, what, I went over I that resurrection. Yeah, I went over that heavy yesterday with a family yes. from my church because they had some questions about it, and I am the most hardcore bury do not cremate guy. Sure, on earth. Sure. Like, I have such a hard line on that. That's almost a Christmas tree to me, Zach. <laughs> I mean, that is, an, that but, is but a bunny the, laying eggs. Sure, sure, sure. Okay, at my doorstep. But it, at the same time, there's nothing about a person being turned to com- completely to ash that's going to stop God from no, resurrecting and, them. And you have to remember that. And, that. and that's really the question that comes up. Everyone says, is it okay to be cremated? Well, so the answer is no. We're supposed to be buried. Um, and then the follow-up question is, is that going to get in the way of going to heaven? And the answer is no. Of course not. Um, if you think about it, there are there were Christians that got incinerated in Nagasaki and Bur- Hiroshima. Burned at the stake. Burned at the stake. Uh, how what? about this? What does the Bible say about, uh, or how about this? In every single Navy, what is a burial at sea? 
Sure. You're just dropped into the middle of the ocean. Yeah. Well, what do you think happens to you? Yeah. Okay. You become fish food. You're scattered all over the world and there is nothing left. But the Bible even says at the day when the sea shall give up her death. The sea will give up their death. That's what people don't understand is, you know, if if you were buried, okay, uh, you know, the thief on the cross who was, you know, essentially the first guy to die after Jesus died, um, you know, he has been buried longer than any of us post resur- you know post death of Jesus and yes. resurrection yes and i doubt there's much left than dust and ashes but god knows which dust and ashes are yours there it's not as if there needs to be a certain percentage of material left over god is going to have okay you uh raise from the dead at the time appointed right. it, it the amount does not matter and let's face it cremation today is in vogue sure in america that's the popular thing to do it's a lot cheaper okay people are like yeah we'll just do uh, just who cares okay i don't need to be where where do you want me to dump you yeah so that's the idea so most christians are cremated it doesn't affect where you end up after you die it doesn't make it harder for god to have the resurrection apply to you You made us all out of dust to begin with we started from dust yeah it's it's not it's a non-issue with that being said is the christian supposed to be buried i think there's a really clear indication from the bible that the faith Mm -hmm. is to say uh, the, the way that the Hebrews did it was to say, uh, and this is Joseph, right? Mm-hmm. In Genesis, he does this. Um, and, and they had a whole different sort of process that they go through than what we did. But the idea is that you you leave the bones yep. for God to rebuild with, yes. not because he needs them. No, that was just a representation of the faith of they the had faith. and the understanding of what was to come. I'm going to leave something here because he's yep. going to, I, so on my will yeah, where it's like, okay, Zach gets, you know, hit by bus, whatever it is. And so what, what, what I said on there is, and I've got a place, you know, that, mm-hmm. that I want to be buried and, and all that. And, but, but at the end of it, yeah. my explanation, yeah, and it's going to be red someday. Sure. You know, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. God, I can't wait. Um, I hope I get to see it. I, I don't know. <laughs> you got to figure out how I'll that's going. I'll tell you going. how it went. Yeah, 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 okay. right. But it says, um, but at the end of the day, mm-hmm. if you need to do something else, mm-hmm. it's fine. Yeah. Don't worry about it that much. Yep. Have Patrick build me a box and mm-hmm. just dump me in it. Yeah. Because I'm coming back for it later. Yep. That's written in my will. Yeah. Like, I believe that. Oh, yeah. And so, but yeah, they would take the the bones and, and Joseph. Joseph, he, says, he, he died in Egypt. When you guys go back. But you, when you go to Canaan land. You take me. You take me back. And they wrapped his bones up and they fled in the night during Passover yep. with the unleavened bread. They crossed the Red Sea and they dragged his bones for 40 years in the desert. And that was 400 and some odd years after he died. Yep. It's the faith yeah. to say he doesn't need anything. Yeah. But what I'm telling you is even after I'm dead, yeah. this is the way I'm going to treat mm-hmm. the body that he gave me mm-hmm. because I'm coming back for it. Yeah. He's going to put this back together. And so I'm with you on that. Okay. So I want to stick on this burial cremation thing for one second yeah. since we're here. Sure. Okay. So I have a question for you and then I'm going to tell the story briefly. 
trying to figure out if I can decide okay. and discern from the open Bible mm-hmm. there what part where, of the, where we yeah. are. Okay, who buried Moses? Okay, so I think it was a Christophany. Okay, I, I think that I mean Yahweh and yeah. Jesus, God. So God in some, human form. Buried Moses. Like okay, with so a shovel, yeah. went out and dug yep. a hole and yep. buried Moses in. Okay, it. so yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna show people this. If you go to Deuteronomy 34, this is one of the most interesting parts of the Bible. And Moses went up from the plains of Moab onto the mountain of Nebo, to the top of Pishkah, that is over against Jericho. And the Lord showed him all the land of Gilead unto Dan, and all of Naphtali and the land of Ephraim and Manasseh and all the land of Judah unto the uttermost sea and the south and the plain of the valley of Jericho, the city of palm trees unto Zor. And the Lord said unto him, this is the land which I swear unto Abraham, unto Isaac and unto Jacob, saying, I will give it unto thy seed. I have caused thee to see it with thine own eyes, but thou shalt not go over thither. So what happens here? Moses already knew that he was not going to get to go into the promised land. God already told him that because he had uh, an episode of disobedience, and we don't need to get into the details. So Moses, at the end of his life, just before the book of Joshua starts in, you know, another 10 verses here, actually just six more verses, Moses goes up onto a hilltop to overlook Canaan land on this side of the Jordan River, and God shows it to him. God explains to him, this area here, that's going to be Judah. Yeah. Do you know, Zach, that they didn't even cast lots to pick where everyone went? Not yet, but that's not an issue for God. Didn't matter. God knew which way the lot was going to fall. He (laughs) said, I am the God of the lots. This is Judah's land. Okay, when they roll the dice in a few days, you're going to yeah, see it yeah, happen. You just wait. This over here is Ephraim. That over there is Manasseh. This is how it works. Okay, so it is God and Moses on the hilltop, just the two of them, having their last moment together before Moses dies. Verse 5, so Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord, and he buried, buried him. him. In a valley in the land of Moab, over against Beth Peor, but no man knoweth of his sepulcher unto this day. So Moses, the only person on earth that God buries, Moses buried God. And when God had a chance to deal with the dead, how did he do it? Yeah, he buried him. He buried him. That's what he did. So that story is good enough for me. Sure, sure, yeah. I am not being cremated. It, it's, it wouldn't have been hard for okay him to incinerate him. No, yeah, he could have done that in a second. He incinerated guys left and right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so and just ask Aaron how that worked out. He had sure. two of his sons incinerated yes. right in front of him. So, so again, don't, don't think that, you know, disobeying God as your last will and testament is any different than you and me disobeying God before breakfast today. Absolutely. It doesn't change, you know, where we end up, but I believe there's a reason for it. Now, I want to tell you one more story to kind of put a bow on this and, and move past it. Friend of mine, my friend Mike and his wife, Grace, they lost their uh, 19-year-old son, this was probably it had to be five years ago. It might have been. It's been a while. You know how time flies. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went to the 
to the funeral. They were good friends of mine. Uh, they're a Mennonite family. Uh, they since have left the valley. They moved, I think they're up in Idaho. And they have a custom that when uh, someone in their church dies, you, you would go there to the, um, to the graveyard and, uh, or the cemetery, right? And they would have the hole dug, the backhoe dug the hole, and they would kind of lay down just a sheet of plywood and put the mound of dirt there. And then we lowered the casket in, and there were four shovels in the pile of dirt. Yeah, you and do it yourself. You got it. And it was part of the grieving process, and it was something where every member of his family came by. The men took a shovel full of dirt and threw it in. Some of the women, especially the elderly, they just took a handful mm -hmm. and they threw it in the hole and they could say, I buried my grandson. Wow. Okay. And everyone in the church all, you know, very symbolically took a shovel full, threw it in the hole. You know, every family member, everyone that was there, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. Okay. And then after that, Basically, me and about a dozen other fit men yeah. took turns. We each took, you know, five yeah. minutes on a shovel and passed it to someone else. And we just sat there, you know, wiping the sweat off our faces. Yep. God bless the Mennonites. They show Finish up in like T-shirts, you know. Yeah, hey. I'm, I'm there in a shirt and tie and dress shoes. <laughs> they, I was they the knew only what one. was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and um, and we uh, we all spent the time, you know, hmm. burying Mike's son. And uh, it was, I believe, it is a necessary part of the grieving process to be able to bury your loved one. And nowadays, um, dad dies and he gets taken away by the uh, ambulance, goes to the hospital, from the hospital goes to the morgue. Um, after that, goes to uh, gets picked up by the funeral parlor. Mm -hmm. Um, they bring them to the crematory. Yep, the they do everything. They put them in the cardboard box, run them in, cremate them. Um, come by, you can pick up your cardboard box with a plastic bag mm -hmm. full of ashes, and that's it. You have no uh, experience with death. It has completely been removed. It's been sanitized. It's no longer part of our culture, mm -hmm. and I think that's a shame. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm really interested to see. Because that's a fairly recent move. I mean, cremation is nothing new. Yeah. But but for us mm -hmm. in our society, that that is a that's a fairly recent scenario. Yeah. So that'll be interesting to to see where that goes from there. Um, well, on Bible Thumper, we like to think that we are trendsetters. So hopefully, oh, okay. this podcast everybody's going to be buried again. You're going to see a turn. We're going to go around I, the corner here. You know. I think there's probably enough land <laughs> yeah. to put us all in. Oh, when I hear that excuse, like, oh, it takes up so much space. It's like, have you driven across this country? Like, you can drive for days. And <laughs> I, I grew up I grew up in northeast Colorado. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, man. If you go straight north out of there. Yeah. I mean, the next town you hit is like Calgary. Yeah. It's a thousand miles of nothing. Yeah. Like you, <coughs> it's I think we'll nothing. be okay. Yeah, I know. We, we will be okay. 
Um, All right, so, so back to John. Yeah, you want to get so, back to John? No, that, that was that was fun though. I okay. wasn't I wasn't anticipating that. Uh, it's my. Th- I just love the story. Yes, that God yes. buries Moses. Like that gives me goosebumps every time I read it and think about it. And then, did you read the portion in Jude? Jude, I was waiting for you to go there. You want but, me to turn this? Since well, we're, I mean, I don't, uh, okay. I, I mean, why not? Because okay, it says that turn. no no man knows where the sepulcher is, right? Yeah, nobody, nobody. knows where That's Moses what is. God said. Well, is, except, yeah. he went to Joshua and is like, "Okay, I buried Moses." well where don't Don't worry worry about it (laughs) but there is one not man yep that does seem to know yeah so here in um the book of jude in verse nine well i should probably okay i don't want to go too far back let's just jump right in verse nine yet michael the archangel when contending with the devil he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke thee. So don't ask me any follow-up questions because <laughs> I don't know the answer. Yeah, yeah. But Michael and the devil, Michael the archangel and yes. Lucifer, the former archangel, yes. were fighting over the body of Moses. Yep. I don't know any other answers either. I don't know anything to add to that. <laughs> I don't know either. But it's in there. There it is. Jude was now. Don't forget though. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's it, it's not it's not a hundred percent. There's okay. some dispute, but I think that Jude it is Judah, Jesus's brother. Half, oh yeah, half brother. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I have no problem. Same with uh, James. Same with James. Because there's an Apostle James, and there's the James that wrote uh, yes. the book of James. Yes. And yeah. it couldn't have been the Apostle James because he's martyred too early. Correct. So you have the possibility mm-hmm. of a man in Judah, Jude, who had access through Jesus, mm-hmm. his half-brother, to some information that maybe some of the others of us Oh, yeah. Didn't have the same type of access Absolutely to. escaped the rest of us. And he just drops things in there like, don't you remember? What? <laughs> Hold on. Wait, yeah. yeah, Jude, slow down. So, yeah. And, like, why do you need the body and, and all that stuff? That that could be, that's a rabbit trail for hours as well. Okay. But I, I'm i being buried. Mm-hmm. Um, Good for you. I, I don't, yeah, I well, what if my brother-in-law was hit by a, you know, a torpedo in yeah. a submarine? He's yeah. eaten by a shark. Yeah, down in the ocean, gone. Not a problem. Not, that is such a non-issue for yeah. God. Yeah. Okay, so so we're back in John. Jesus is, um, he's out of the tomb, mm-hmm. but it's that whatever went in yeah. came back out. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the face coverings are all there. We'll pick it up in verse 11. Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stood and looked in the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting there with uh, where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. And they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Yeah, what's going on? <laughs> right? Why are you crying? What? Do you know how many men have asked a woman that question throughout sure. history? But it, the, why are you crying right now? These guys are really, John can write a joke. <laughs> into some funny places right imagine that but but think about it from the angel's perspective Mm -hmm. death is defeated yeah 
The king is risen. Yeah. He's crowned forever. And by the way, he told you this a million <laughs> times yeah. so it's in the last like six right, months. Right. Mary, <laughs> what are you crying about? Yeah. We just won. Yeah. Um, they've taken my Lord away. I do not know where they have laid him. Now to Mary's defense. Mm-hmm. You know, we all read it, and it looks like they're all pretty dense. And of well, course, they and were looking back. That but, we have that sure, advantage. Sure. Like they just lost the most important person in their life. Right. I get it. Okay. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but mm-hmm. she did not know that it was Jesus. Mm-hmm. This is fascinating to me for a lot of different reasons. Mm. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who are you seeking? Well, who do you suppose? Mm-hmm. Right? I'm looking for, uh, supposing him to be the gardener. Mm-hmm. He was carrying a weed eater. Yep. Right. Overalls, <laughs> you know, the boots. Hedge trimmers. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> Rose clipping. <laughs> <laughs> she said to him, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've laid him and I will take him away. Okay. Like, I will take care of this. And Jesus said to her, Mary. Mm-hmm. She turned and said to her, Rabboni, yep. teacher. And he says all sorts of other weird things here. Sure. Don't cling to me. Yeah. Don't give me a hug. Yeah, don't touch me. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I have whoa, not whoa, yet whoa, ascended whoa. to the Father. Yeah. Zero clue. Yeah. What that might mean. But there's a problem. But there's something going on there. Yeah. But then later he tells Thomas, yeah, mm-hmm. go ahead. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, so, no, no. Now it's but, okay. So... What goes on there? I have no clue. Mm-hmm. But so a couple interesting things. One is she didn't. Re- she doesn't recognize him. Mm-hmm. I think there could be two basic reasons for that. One simply is that she was not blinded. Yeah, but she was. She was very upset that she just told these two guys, this man who affected my life in such amazing ways, yeah. who I loved is dead and then grave robber stole the body she wasn't expecting the guy she was talking about to just absolutely show not. up okay so absolutely not yeah i, I get think, it sure 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 and so i think i think there could have been a bit of a supernatural mm-hmm. um you know screen a veil maybe if you want to put it that way where mm-hmm. she couldn't recognize him at first until until she said he says her name and then she's like okay now i have a different I think there's multiple possibilities. Okay. That's just one of them. Sure. One of the most interesting ones that I've heard. I mean, obviously she's upset. Let's get into it in a minute. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because we got to keep going with John. Because right now, if you can remember, like 30 minutes ago, we started this task. (laughs) We're describing post-resurrection body and the differences. Yes. Okay. And the differences to the pre-resurrection body. So one possibility based on this passage could be that moving from the perishable body that we know now as our own Uh to an imperishable resurrected body, it could have a physical appearance that's different enough that people who knew you beforehand wouldn't recognize you afterwards. Mm -hmm. That's possible. Um. I actually find it a little bit improbable mm-hmm. for a lot of other reasons, but it's possible mm-hmm. based on what's going on here. Um, verse 19, on the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. Okay, now this one 
is important because this gives us clues once again to a post-resurrection body. They're in a room, doors and windows are shut, there's no way in. Keep in mind, it even tells you why they're Yes, hiding for yes, their life yes so it's not like oh well it's kind of warm in here open the windows so everyone can see us in here and what we're doing no they and there's crying and he slips in yeah, yeah i mean yeah. you know no this is everything is shut up and jesus appears right in the midst of them jesus we see this with angels all the time yes. angels appear angels disappear at will yes in the same way obviously jesus has this power but can i make a point here that i don't think a lot of people appreciate prior to jesus's resurrection body he didn't do that correct he didn't just poof show up in the ship when they left him on land he walks out he there. walks out there okay uh jesus walked to every town it said that he got tired. Yes. It said that he got hungry. It said that he was sad, that he wept. It says that he increased in wisdom. Yes. Yes. So prior <laughs> to the resurrection, Jesus took on humanity. Yes. Solely. He took on humanity completely. And he... I would dare say that Jesus did miracles when they glorified the Father, not just at will to make his life more convenient. And most of those were a sign not of the fact necessarily that he had power, although mm -hmm. they did prove that. The point was to prove that he was the Messiah. Yes. That he was the, peer, the, the one that people were waiting for. Yes. And even then, I, I think, John, we've made a couple of jokes about how he writes things in here specifically for yeah. us to try to catch. He specifically writes that the door was locked mm -hmm. because it was a unique experience. Yeah. I don't think that the pre... Now, he turns water... Well, Zach, he turned water into wine. Yes. Zach, they were trying to arrest him and throw him off a cliff, and he slipped away. Yeah. I'm like... Yes. Yeah. You can, he, you can slip away from people. Yeah. Like, you go, oh, but it's a mob, and... You ever been in a mob? Yeah. It is chaos. Yeah. It wouldn't have been all that difficult for him. Now, can there be some supernatural things that go Absolutely. on? Absolutely. And there are miracles all the time. Yes. But there's a there's a purpose behind them. Like I said, that it's not like if you or I could perform miracles where, let's face it, for the first month or two, we'd be like, dude, come here. Check this out. <laughs> yeah. Okay, has no, no benefit to the Lord. Green it's just, chili burrito. Yeah, it's just <laughs> us showing the coolness of being yeah. able to, you right. know, um, you know, uh, materialize, like you said, a green chili burrito. So Jesus didn't do that. You know, there was a purpose for it, and it was to complete the plan of his father. Yes. But in this new body, he didn't knock on the door. Where no. in the previous body, he would have walked up the stairs quietly. They would have creaked. Okay? Yep. <laughs> he would have yes. gotten to yes. the door and knocked and given the code word because that's what he did his whole life. Right. Here, he's like, oh, they're in, you know, that room. Poof. There he is. There he is. But then immediately when he shows up, mm -hmm. peace be with you. Like, oh, really? Yeah. You know? and, and, and they're like... <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> when he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Mm -hmm. He'd been nailed to the cross. He'd been yeah. stabbed in the side with the spear. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. They knew it was him. Mm -hmm. 
the reason that they knew it was him, I, I think the reason that Mary knew it was him, at least initially, is because of his voice. Absolutely. The she way, recognized, we all recognize people's voice. Right. In the room, they recognize him because he has the wounds in his the hand. The wounds. Yep. And now he, Paul says that he wears them as his glory. Yeah. So, I mean, remember, what was the crucifixion? Was it a tragedy or a victory? Yeah, it was the greatest victory. So he's going, and so, so now you have this. So you have a resurrected body mm-hmm. that's imperishable, mm-hmm. cannot be killed again, free from death. Yeah. But he's got like a gaping wound in the side where he was stabbed by a spear. Yeah. Is like none of his bones were broken. None of his bones are broken. Weird. Yeah. Does he have a beard? Says they so, pulled it out. Yep. I don't think he did. I don't think he did either, which I, could make it hard for, to recognize. I also think um, his face was beaten, <clears throat> uh, black and blue, swollen, uh, to a point where um, it looks like he went 10 rounds with Tyson. Sure, sure. And the it's, Bible talks about that he was beaten to a point where he was unrecognizable as a human. Yes, yes. So that's in Isaiah. Yeah. And the uh, same part in Isaiah talks about them pulling out his beard. Yes. And there are multiple times where people look at him and cannot recognize him as Jesus. Yes. And so then you think to yourself, okay, three days later mm-hmm. after that punishment, but the body is imperishable. Sure. What were they looking at? What did they see? And I don't know. Mm-hmm. But he's standing there. Yeah. And he's alive. Mm-hmm. And he's, look, if you want to, mm-hmm. you want to yeah. touch. Yeah. Here you go. And uh, it's important for people to understand, even, you know, discounting the beard. Okay. Um, he still looked like a tall, pale 12 year old girl with long oh, hair. Yeah. Okay. A frail frame, skinny. But, but blonde. Yeah. Blonde. Very fair skin. Okay, because that's what well, well moisturized hands. Because <laughs> that's like, what yeah. the paintings from France yeah. have shown. Yeah. Very, Jesus very to be. well moisturized yeah. hands. <laughs> I think is the yeah. Um, I think Jesus probably had the frame of like an NFL tight end. Okay, because he was a carpenter, handyman in, in a day when there was no tools with batteries. There was no Home Depot to get some two by fours. Like you had to start by chopping down a tree. Yeah. That's what a carpenter's day consisted of. It's like, okay, well, we make stuff out of wood, so we better get some wood. Yeah. We're going to have to cut this tree down. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The fishermen, the carpenters, they were no joke. Now, Matthew, all right, tax collector. Tax collector, yeah, who I knows? Mean, you know, I mean, but I so get are, it. Are, are you saying that you don't even think that he was, um, like, white either? No. No, olive skin, <laughs> dark black hair, maybe, you Jewish. know, brown eyes. Yeah, he what was Jewish. You, yeah. Lived in the Middle East. probably looked Jewish. Probably looked Jewish. Unbelievable. Yep. Yeah. So, you have, the, you have the, the wounds are still visible, but they... But they also, um, you're imperishable, so they're not wounds anymore, mm-hmm. right? Do they scab over? Do you? I don't know. 
So for me, I don't think they were scars. Okay. You know, yeah, I think he tells, yeah, you Thomas, stick your hand uh, in it. And that's the one that comes next. Yeah. So that's what, uh, you know, I, that makes sense that they remain that way. Obviously they weren't, you know, continually bleeding. Um, right. I don't right. even know if he had blood anymore. He used it on my soul and yours. Yes. You know, so Amen. it was, it was used for stuff. I don't know how much of it was used, but the flesh you know, is different. Yeah. Now. The, yeah. So but he's carrying the signs. Yeah. Flesh and blood are not really, you know, entering into heaven. So, you know, we yeah. assume that that, so that that goes back to the, when you put whatever this is on mm-hmm. and we're fully clothed, what does that do? And yeah. we have no clue. Yeah. Uh, so then you got the Thomas story, right? Eight days later, um, Thomas was with them. He didn't believe, although the doors were locked. Mm-hmm. Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. And he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas doesn't have to do it. Seeing him was plenty. Um have you believed because you see me blessed are those who have not seen me and yet believe one of my favorite verses. Oh yeah. I'm more blessed than Thomas. Did you know that? It's amazing. That's what it it? says. Yeah. And so, so two appearances, both behind locked doors, the, the wounds from the crucifixion, at least Mm -hmm. some of them are still there and visible, but, but I can't, those those are the facts that we know, right? This is the hermeneutical argument we talked about last time. Mm-hmm. Those are the facts we know. There's plenty we don't know. There's a ton we don't know. It's and it, hard to build from there. And it only everything we learn about the post-resurrection body of Jesus really only causes us to ask five more questions. Right, right, right. And I hate to say this, but let's let's throw this in the hopper. There is a chance that there are differences between his post-resurrection body and mine simply because there were differences between his pre-resurrection life and mine there's no need for there to to be a difference between all of the other Mm -hmm. human beings yeah jesus always he is the most high yeah he can reserve any right to be different in any way he chooses yeah so <clears throat> Am I going to have this little scar right here when I'm in heaven? Right. I don't know. Well, or like, what about the people like early Christians in the Colosseum? Yeah. Like, eaten by you, lions. Do you, like, well, is there some sort of evidence of that? Mm-hmm. If it's a victory, Paul, when he was, when he was beheaded. Yeah. Um, I can't remember. It was one of the early church fathers who wrote the history. I can't remember which one, but he said that Paul won his victory that day. Now, do I expect in heaven to see Paul like with yeah. his head under one arm yeah. like a football? Sure. No, <laughs> but if that is the is that if that is a crown of his victory, yeah, then I do wonder sometimes. And again, I, the only evidence I have is Jesus says I was nailed up there. Sure. You want to see? Yeah, you see. But we assume it's not going to be like a Tim Burton movie, you <laughs> right, know? With right, like right. A, yeah, he goes you know. like, "Oh, I was sawn in half." Yeah, and he's, yeah <laughs> like his legs are walking around without his head. You know, there, uh, I don't know what the point of that would be. Sure. Um. So so we got Thomas, and then in uh, chapter twenty one. He uh, reveals himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. Mm-hmm. He revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter called Thomas and Nathaniel. 
uh, of Cana and Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and two others of, a, of his disciples were together. So that's uh, James and John are the sons of Zebedee. And so they're out fishing. I'll fast forward just a little bit. Uh, verse four, just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish? And they answered him, no. They said to him, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. Immediately, you would think, Peter, James, and John, who had this encounter when they met Jesus, would start to think. Because <laughs> he told them. Like, there was another story of this early on when they meet. Oh, yeah. He says, oh, you guys are fishing all night? Couldn't find anything, huh? Yeah. Mm. Toss, toss, toss. Yeah, the just, uh, there. Wait, bro, I've been, a, I've been yeah. a professional fisherman on these waters for 20 years. Yeah. I think we're, no, just believe me. Mm -hmm. Toss it on the other side. And so I, the wheels start turning then. They pull up the fish, and Peter says, it's Jesus. Yep. Hops out of the boat. Uh, verse 9, when they got to the land, they saw a charcoal fire in place with fish laid down on it and bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, 153 of them. And although there were, some, there were so many, the net was not worn. And Jesus said to them, come and eat breakfast. None, now, none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. And Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to him, and so with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus was revealed. And I believe it's in um, in Luke, in Luke's gospel. Yeah, the which, story about the long journey. Yep. In a you want me to just tell uh, it, or you want me to uh, turn no, to yeah, it? No, yeah, okay, because it's that pretty one. long. Yeah, and we're getting a little bit late. But there's, yeah. there's one of the versions, uh, one of the stories of Jesus post-resurrection, where he actually does take a piece of the fish mm -hmm. and he eats, eats it. it. He ingests it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which is exciting because yeah. I like eating. You and me both. Yeah. So the story is in uh, the end of Luke, and I'm going to turn there and see if I can find it just so that, um, you know, I can point it out to everyone. Uh, but it really starts, I want to say... In verse 13 uh, of uh, the last chapter of Luke, which is chapter 24, and what ends up happening is uh, two of the uh, disciples end up taking a long walk, and they end up going about just a little under eight miles. And they were discussing all the things that had just happened because obviously it was a, I mean, the last, and people don't, Zach, I, I am telling you, I bring this up once a month in my church. I swear to you, once a month, okay? When we say, and they talk together of all these things which had happened. So these two disciples of Jesus are taking this long journey. We don't know what for, but they are they have an errand, yeah. Yeah. okay? And they're walking, because that's the mode of travel, about eight miles. And they're talking about everything that happened in this last week. Remember, in this last week, we had the Passover. We had the Feast of Unleavened Bread. We had the Feast of first fruits, We had Jesus die on the cross. We had... Um, an earthquake we had the sun go dark we had the rocks literally rent i don't know what that means but the, the rocks somehow were torn apart there, there's damage to the okay. temple there's the, the curtain yep, the, uh, the temple has the curtain torn and then 
let's not forget my favorite, <laughs> the dead saints yeah. burst forth from their grave and walk into Jerusalem. Hundreds of them. Yeah. And are seen by thousands of people. Yeah. So this is the week that they had. <laughs> right? Like, what are you tell this guy about this? I bring this up constantly at my church. I say, it wasn't that Jesus just died on the cross and then he rose again. As if that's not enough, spectacular sure, sure. enough. Okay, there was an earthquake, the sun was darkened, the rocks were rent, the temple curtain was torn, and the dead raised out of their grave. And and it says in Matthew how many people saw him. I mean, yeah. everybody. It yeah. said everybody saw them. And I remind people, I'm like, you're surprised that in the book of Acts, in the first couple chapters, thousands upon thousands of people get saved and join the church? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what they just saw? Less than two months ago? And then they see the Holy Spirit, and then Peter explains it to them, and they go, oh, he's right. Yeah. I saw it. He's right. Okay, so when they're saying they talk together of all these things which had happened, they had lots to talk about. (laughs) Yeah, there was a lot to go over. So then, while they were walking, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. (coughs) So they did not know who he was. They were walking from one town to another, which was a long journey, eight miles. That's yes, going to take miles. you about half a day if you're mm-hmm. just going at a brisk, you know, normal pace of walking. Uh, you got to remember that there wasn't really law enforcement and the state patrol watching the highways like we sure. have here. So sure. if there's three of us walking, we have safety in numbers better than two. So, hey, this gentleman wants to walk with us. He sounds okay. He's obviously down on his luck because it looks like he was run over by a truck. Okay, that's my belief. So, yeah, so this fellow is going to join us. So they're walking along and they're chit-chatting. And one of them uh, asked Jesus you know, um, about all these things that had gone on. And and Jesus answers uh, this guy, and he's like, uh, what things? Yeah. What, 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 what are you talking about, Willis? So, okay, so them, they are thinking to themselves, you live in a cave? <laughs> yeah, like, did you yeah. just you, get out? In the hospital with a coma? Like, literally <laughs> everyone in the world is talking about what we are talking about. Like, when you're when when uh, a volcano erupts or there's an earthquake in South America, and it's like, wow, every single channel has one thing on. That's what was going on right, here. Right. They end up walking all the way to Emmaus, Jesus decides to give them a Bible study and he goes through, starting with Moses, the Bible says all the scriptures and expounded onto them the things concerning himself. So they got a personal Bible study for a half day's journey where Jesus went through every book of the Bible starting with Moses, which is the first five books. Sure, so for sure, us, sure. that that means yeah, Genesis. Yeah, Genesis. And he pointed out everything in the scriptures that pointed to him. Hands down, the coolest Bible study of oh, all time. Yeah, yeah. Takes a little bit of pressure <laughs> off. I don't have to build it myself, you know. And, and these guys did not recognize him. And then... They're like, hey, uh, this is our exit. We're getting off here. And Jesus was like, okay, see you later. And they're like, no, no, no. We spent, you know, yep. come and dine with yeah, us. you need to come meet with yeah, us. Yeah, I mean, we've 
been together all day, please. Um, and then uh, they told what things were done in the way and how he was known of them in the breaking of bread. So then Jesus takes the bread and breaks it. And they're and like, they go. oh, okay. Again, they saw the wounds in his hands. Yes, I think they saw the wounds. And, and I wouldn't even be... Um, I wouldn't be shocked, I don't think, if there was something about... Everyone has sort of, you know, mannerisms. Sure. Like a, a way you walk. And, yeah. And so maybe he's busted up. I mean, I don't... But there's something about... He calls the name Mary. Mm-hmm. He shows him the wounds. Mm-hmm. He breaks the bread. Yep. He, These are all things they had seen before. It was all... It's They still knew the him. voice. Yes. They saw him yes. break the bread. Yes. It's still him. Yeah. But it's different. Yep. Well, Zach, am I going to be, you know, eight and a half feet tall? Mm -hmm. Am Mm -hmm. I going to be more muscular? And Mm -hmm. I'm going to, if I had to guess, Mm -hmm. if there was a gun to my head, I'd say, no. (laughs) You're going to look an awful lot like you do. Now, maybe when you're at your best. Sure. But no, like you're not going to get, you know, airbrushed. And I I think it's, (laughs) he made us. Mm Mm-hmm. The sin is going to be gone. Yes. The corruption is going to be gone. Yeah. I don't know if there's a way to overestimate yeah. how much that is going to take things away. Sure. How, how much things will be changed a little bit. But I am, I'm pretty convinced if I was wandering around someday in the new heaven and new earth mm-hmm. and you walked by, yeah. I'd go, hey, yeah. Now, there's a weird thing about marriage in there that we that we might want to touch on at some point. Uh-huh. And I don't know what I, I don't know how the memories. No, that's always another question. And, yeah, as far as how do memories work? Are we going to remember everything or something? How, how can or, all the tears be wiped away if I remember everything that happened? And yep. I, I just don't know. Mm-hmm. But the clues are mm-hmm. that I think he kept some of his mannerisms. There were wounds that he had from before that mm-hmm. crossed over, but he also has, but it's also changed. Yeah. I mean, that's the word that Paul uses is changed. It's yeah. different. It used to be made out of one thing and now it's the same thing, yeah. but it's made out of something else. Mm-hmm. And the way that happens is that you are clothed with something. Yeah. What that something is. I mean, I've, I've heard people postulate like um, a, a third uh, so instead of a double helix mm-hmm. to the DNA, mm-hmm. there's a third, and that changes. I mean, that would change some things, sure. Okay. I have no idea. I'm going to go so far as to say <clears throat> in this life, we are three-dimensional beings. Yeah. yeah. I think in the next, we're going to be four, five, or six. There's definitely a dimensional component. I think that's how he gets in and out of the rooms yeah. and all of that stuff. Yep. So there's definitely some sort of... Thing um, that allows physical laws to not restrain us in the same way. Time is not a restraint. Mm-hmm. You know, physical laws like locality don't seem to yeah. be a restraint. So, does, does he need to eat, mm-hmm. or can he just eat? Yeah. And he, I don't know. So, um, Luke twenty four forty two is where it says that they they gave him a piece of broiled fish, mm-hmm. and he took it and ate it in front of them. Yeah. So, um, I, it's weird, man. And you know what's funny? You brought up marriage and. I don't want to get into it because we're already past an hour. Yeah. But even the Jews, for 
possibly thousands of years debated these things. Oh, yeah. They're like, well, oh, yeah. how does this work? In the how is this going to work? Well, and how does this one work? And then when Jesus shows up, they're like, well, let's ask him. Yeah. If you're so much of the Messiah, buddy, maybe you can tell us what happens with my wife. Yeah, yeah. So they ask the question. He's like, boy, you guys are really good. Like, you don't get it at all, do you? Yep. Like, I guess not, because I don't even understand the answer you gave to the question. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but it's interesting. These ideas bring up questions to everything. Everybody. You know, even the, I mean, even the people that were around from the time of David, people were scratching their head like, well, how does this work? How is this, how can this be? Yeah. And so that's what, so when, when we think about hope, mm-hmm. right? Hope is the, uh, the assurance, like there's an understanding that something is going to happen in the future and it is absolutely sure. I just don't, I haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. I'm just still waiting. The Christian hope. From my understanding of Jesus' resurrection through Mm -hmm. the teachings in the New Testament and the understanding of what the Old Testament was dealing with and pointing forward to Mm -hmm. is that the Christian hope is not eternity in heaven. Mm -hmm. It is a resurrected eternity with a heaven and earth that are connected and physical proximity with the risen Jesus and the Father forever and ever. And so heaven is like, um, it's not the total end of the story. It's amazing. Zach, we have a question. Oh, what? Are you serious? Would you like it? Yeah, this okay, is Okay, awesome. good. Zach's going to answer this for you, Louie. What is the second oh, resurrection? Louie. Oh, I think we talked about that last time, didn't we? We did, and I'm getting the Bible verse up, but give your... Yeah, let's, <coughs> let's go. So that's uh, Revelation 20. Mm-hmm. Let's see if we can find this real quick. Louie, what's up, man? Okay, Revelation chapter 20, um, verse 11. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up their dead, which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead, which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So he has second death or second resurrection. Second resurrection. My answer has always been for a second death, there must first be a resurrection. So So that's the resurrection of the dead or the resurrection of the damned. And, and I think that Paul teaches in Romans that every human being from all time will be resurrected. Yes. Just some of them will not receive good news. Right. They're like, oh, wait, hey. Whoa, we're back? Yeah. yeah. Well, we're, Why well, is that guy on the throne not smiling? Yeah. It's not <laughs> going to go particularly well. So, yeah. What's then that the, lake over there? Yeah. And I, let me see hot. if I can track down... 
I know it's in Romans. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, in in that case, then the idea of a there's no real need for a a second resurrection. Everybody's resurrected once. Yes. Starts with Jesus. Yes. The the righteous are resurrected. Uh huh. That's earlier in the chapter. So with second, I just think it's in order, as far as the resurrection of the living. The resurrection of the dead is the final of one oh, of the final oh, okay. events. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. in order, not that the dead have been resurrected, yeah, resurrected twice. twice. Yeah, yeah. they had. Yeah, they have been resurrected. It was just the second one. There is the first di- one yeah. is we get our new bodies. There's a division between the righteous resurrection and the unrighteous. Yes, resurrection. Yep. Yeah. Now, then, yeah. that's without looking into it. Well, any more than that's literally the only place that it's yeah. ever mentioned. Yeah. So, like, there's places where when Jesus raises Lazarus from mm-hmm. the dead, and he he gets to town, and Mary and Martha, I can't remember exactly which one it was, but one of the two says that, "Hey, man, you know, like, if you would have had your act together, mm-hmm. Jesus, Son of God, yeah, um, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be in this spot. You could have been here and taken care of this for us." And he says, um, "I am the resurrection." And life. Yeah. And she's, do you believe me? Mm-hmm. And she says, well, yes, I know that I'm going to raise him from the dead. Do you believe me? She says, yes, I know that you're going to raise him from the dead mm-hmm. at the end. The, the understanding there is that they have, uh, they hold a doctrinal position mm-hmm. that suggests that at the end of time, when the Messiah fulfilled everything that he was supposed to do, they would be raised back from the dead. Mm-hmm. The, the Sadducees didn't believe it, and all of those other such things. But but yes, the the second there's a second death. In order to die a second time, there has to be a resurrection. The believers do not have a second death. We are saved from it. We have eternal life. So. This, yeah, the second death then comes after a resurrection of a, of a set of people that do not believe. Because, uh, yeah, I, I don't know that the... that the. Oh, okay. There we go. So, Zach, let me ask you. We are 30 seconds away from being at an hour and a half, and I still... I recorded the Broncos game, and I was hoping to watch a little bit of it before I go oh, to bed. did you? Yeah. Don't tell me what happened. I mean, I know they're going to lose to the Chargers. I just don't know by how much. Or, okay. You know. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, but, gotcha. we, you know, we just like the game. Um, so did you have anything else you wanted to uh, like say said, that you think is relevant to what we have already talked about? Because we can yeah, do yeah. this again. I mean, there's, like I said, this is a little bit the the concept of the resurrection when i mm-hmm. first really got my mind wrapped around what happened to jesus so in first corinthians 15 is where paul says that jesus is the first fruits of the resurrection and i think he's referring directly to the festival of the first the feast of the first fruits yeah cuz you've got to remember that that's, falls on a sunday that was the, the day he raised from the dead it wasn't it coincidence yeah it was supposed to so, I mean, there's, there's Old Testament things to go back to, and, but the, I mean, the, the, the basic points, and I'll just go ahead and summarize really, really quickly. Yeah. The same body that dies mm-hmm. comes back to life. Yes. But it's changed. It is changed. 
Flesh and blood can't inherit the kingdom. It needs to be made imperishable. Mm -hmm. It is made that way by receiving something extra, not by shedding off all the stuff that needs to be gone. Mm -hmm. I don't know how that works, how that plays out, but I think that God's mission that he gave to Adam and Eve at the very beginning, I think he fulfills it. Like he gets everything back to the point where he designed it to be, and that's when the, where the ultimate victory is. So my hope and, and my belief is that I will spend all of eternity in a it's a spiritual body. Yeah. But like you said, the um when the angels show up, they have a spiritual body. Yeah. But they do physical things with it. Absolutely. Spiritual body does not mean like smoke up from a cigar. No, yeah, it's, it's not a ghost. No. Okay, no, get no. that out yeah. of your head. I don't know where that came from, but we don't see that anywhere in the Nowhere. Bible. Nowhere. Angels are, who are angels most commonly mistaken for, Zach? Um, people. People. It says that all the time. Constantly. It says in the book of Hebrews, oh, by the way, throughout your life, several times, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you are going to interact with angels and not be aware of the fact that you're doing it. Yeah. That's what so, the Bible yeah. says. So be and, aware. Yeah. And you might want to be a nice guy. Wow. All right. Because right, guess right. what? That testimony is going to make it straight to HR exactly. when he gets home. When the angels who, who the, the coup, the, mm -hmm. you know, the disobedience, I think they took off the same thing that we are given to put on that mm -hmm. gave them the capacity yeah. to do the things that we do. Yep. So when Paul says we'll, we'll gain a spiritual body. It does not mean that it is not physical. Correct. It means that it's physical in a different way. Yes. It has extra layers like we talked about, dimensionality. Yes. Okay. We are not bound by time. We have the abilities that we see the angels possess, that Jesus possesses, because guess what? We have the ability now to stand in the presence of God in a supernatural, which means outside of our three-dimensional Yes. universe mm -hmm. okay and outside of time we can be in eternity in heaven with god and guess what we can't be right now right because we don't have we're you know we're basically a uh you know a black and white grainy tv with you know rabbit ears you know for an antenna <laughs> right right you know exactly. and god is like uh yeah we're 25g up here like what are you you right. know what are you doing yeah it doesn't so, work in order to do that then is the resurrection is the word if you use one word to accomplish that scenario mm -hmm. it's resurrection so then my my understanding is that all of eternity from um like starting in revelation 21 22 mm -hmm. post judgment tree of life heaven and earth together i think it's going to look an awful lot like Adam and Eve in the garden. Absolutely. In Genesis 2. Yeah. I think that's what life is going to look like. And that is our hope forever. Jesus has promised it. Mm -hmm. So it will happen. Uh, I don't know when. I don't yeah. know how. Can't describe it much more than that. But we but are told uh, to encourage each other with this idea. Yes. This is a good thing. There's something to look forward to. This is going to be exciting. It's going to be great. Whatever you're going through today is not forever. There's coming a day when it's just going to be wonderful. Yes. It's all good. The, the present suffering is not worth comparing. To the glory to, which will be revealed in us. 
I yep. can't wait. Yeah. That's why the very last thing that he says entirely, Revelation twenty two twenty, he who testifies to these things says, surely I am coming soon. Mm-hmm. That's Jesus. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> like this. John goes, yep. Yep. Perfect. Let's do, do it. it. Grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Mm. All right, I think that's a good uh, stopping point. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. We always appreciate you uh, being here with us. You can always join in uh, the live video every Sunday night at 7 p.m. if you just go to Facebook or YouTube and search for the Bible Thumper podcast. You will find us. You can type in questions. We do try to read them and answer them uh, when we get them. And certainly uh, the recording will be on whatever podcast platform you go to to download and listen to a podcast, whether it be Google or Apple or Spotify. We ask that you would go there and uh, download the podcast. Give it a like, give it a share to someone else that might enjoy it, and uh, please help us to spread this word around. But we appreciate you, and Zach will be back with us. Um, Zach, I'm assuming, is good so far for the second Sunday uh, of the month in 2023 until otherwise. Generally. Generally. Yes, I think for the I, most actually, part. I might have a She Has a Name event. Yeah, on I mean, this, stuff well, comes up. But even then, we can just switch you to another week. Yeah, yeah so, I'll, be, I'll be around. Yeah, so, yeah, just bump me around. Yeah, so, Zach's but, a yeah. regular guest. Once a month, we have him here, and we chit-chat about um, different things. So, there Zach, we, we appreciate you being here. Awesome, thank you. And uh, we'll do it again uh, in a month. So Sounds good. Have a good week.